This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Uh, we've had a lot of requests for the show that um, we did this week, and I know a lot of people are really interested in this case. But before we start, I wanted to quickly address why we haven't done this particular mystery yet. It's my fault. Seriously, I have this kind of short list of quote, unsolved, unquote, mysteries that I don't really want to do um, for whatever reason. We get requests for them and we add them to the list, um, but we kind of know we won't get to them. Uh, Mara Murray was on that list almost since the inception of this show. She's been on the list, but we keep getting requests for it. And often they're from listeners who suggested many other really compelling mysteries. Mara Murray has always kind of been a clear-cut case in my mind. Mara Murray, 21, ran away from home for reasons I have always admitted to be unknown. She no longer wanted to participate in her life and just walked away from it. I lived and worked in Stockbridge, Massachusetts for a while, and I've holidayed in Amherst a number of times, and I thought I understood Mara, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. It's Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Devin. I'm Joe. I'm Steve. And we're going to definitely not even close to solve a mystery tonight. No. We'll shed a little light on things. <sighs> That's yeah. the best we'll do. That's the best we're getting. Yep, You're right totally there. right. No, I think without a, <clears throat> without a bunch of dogs, you know, like, like you know, sniffing dogs and stuff like that. You and know, a time machine. 
and in a time machine. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, well, basically, we, what we need to do is go out to that where the disappearance took place and dig everything up uh, for miles around. I feel no. like that's already been done somehow. <laughs> No? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So tonight, we're finally getting around to doing the disappearance of Mara Murray. Dun, dun, dun. So where would you like to start? I guess we'll start where most people start, and that is the credit card fraud. Mm. Mara's credit card. Well, yes. Yeah. Although, uh, just let me be upfront about this. I don't think the credit card fraud had much to do with her disappearance, if anything at all. I'm not sure. you know, let's let's just jump into it, shall we? Yeah, we can talk let's about just it. go for it. So, in November of 2003, three months prior to her disappearance, Mara Murray used a discontinued credit card number to order $80 worth of pizza. Discontinued, that means it's hers, but it was a closed account? Uh, discontinued means it wasn't hers and uh, it was also a closed account. It's, it's a really nice way of saying she committed credit card fraud. How did, okay. How did she manage to uh, to run the card? Yeah. That's, as far as I understand it, uh, in, you know, in 2003, it's not. That's true. Maybe that was the days when they just had the, the little machine. You remember those the things? The paper machine? The paper thing mm-hmm. they used to do. The clack clack. Yeah. 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 Maybe and in, that. you know, Amherst, it's totally possible that that was the case. Yeah. And I did, it wasn't. She stole credit card numbers or credit cards from fellow students at UMass. Mm. Okay. Charges uh, were going to be dropped against her following three months of good behavior after her trial, which was in December. It's pretty unclear to me if this had anything to do with her disappearance because there was no time served and it's not really going to impact her life too terribly much. Yeah, it's no. not. It's you know, a this is the sort thing. of thing. It's eighty dollars on a credit card for pizza. Yeah, it's a small thing. It's a small but... thing. Jump forward four days prior to her February 9th disappearance. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah, there you go. Ten so years ago. I, that means uh, it was February fifth that this happened. Mm-hmm. Mara spoke with her sister on the phone while she was on break from her job on campus. She was a, she worked at the security desk is my understanding. Okay. She apparently spoke with her sister about her sister's relationship problems. She and her, they were having problems uh, with her fiance mm-hmm. apparently. And a few hours after returning to work, Mara broke down crying so much so that her work supervisor had to escort her back to her dorm room. Now, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. I seem to remember in some of the reading that after she had got off the phone with her sister, I swear I saw something that she had gotten another phone call, which caused her to break down. Yeah. That's that's my understanding of it's it too. Yeah, a fairly but, mysterious. Yeah, I think that you know circumstance. This is all you know. The problem is, is that like most of this is kind of hearsay, or yeah. you know, it's that the cell phone records show that she had just spoken to her sister, or she just said she spoke to her sister, and the cell phone records showed that she had actually received another call. It's a little mm. iffy. Not, well, not everything's released. It's not, because you know, it's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, I think the police files are still, steel, still sealed. Not all of them, but some of them certainly are. Mara never discussed why... She refused to talk about why she was so upset. You know, of course, her supervisor said... Maybe she was just emotional. 
It's possible, you know, that happens sometimes. Huh. But it seemed it seemed like it struck people as out of character for her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm at work and suddenly I break down into a full blown crying jag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not normal behavior. I agree. Well, it depends. I mean, you know, if you're a particularly emotional person, maybe. I, but, yeah, uh, there's that. If you got like you know the death in the family, mm-hmm. then that'll make you cry. Two days before she disappeared, so that would be the seventh. Mm-hmm. Her father arrived in town. Her father is kind of a character in these stories for a lot of different reasons that we'll discuss most of later. But he says that he and Mara were shopping for a used car for her because it turns out that perhaps her Saturn was a bit of a lemon. Yeah, she was... um, Having some car problems. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what. I saw one account that said it had a blown cylinder. I I don't know if that means like a blown head gasket or what. Yeah, It was smoking like a chimney. No idea. But the trouble with this little bit of information is that friends and Mara's boyfriend say they don't remember her mentioning going car shopping at all. And that's the sort of thing that you kind of excitedly talk about with your friends, usually. If you're going to get a car, you're usually like, oh, my dad and I are car shopping. You know, if she's having a huge problem with her car in a place like Amherst, where you you kind of drive most places, you're going to probably offhandedly mention it to at least one person. Unless she just wanted to get the car fixed. It could be that she, let's say she really liked that car. And dad, I just need you to fix it. And Dad says, "No, that P- that thing is a lemon, and I keep dumping money into it. We're just getting you a different car." Well, then uh, you would complain to your friends about how mean that's your true. Dad is that's making you get true. a new car. You know, I think that's that's one of those like little tidbits of most people seem to not actually believe that they were car shopping. Okay, really? Yeah. yeah. But I don't. I you know again, I, this is a, this I, is a I, one of the big problems with this whole story is that it's just. He said, she said. It's riddled with inconsistency. A lot of it is. I'm inclined to believe her dad, babe. But, you know, she might have, like, not told people just because she wanted to surprise and surprise people by showing up with a new car one day. Or maybe she was embarrassed about the fact that her she needed a new car, but her dad had to buy it for her. Yeah, or she was going to get a used car. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those one or another things. Mm -hmm. Either way, he later dropped her off. They went out to dinner you know, did father-daughter stuff. Uh, mm. Then he loaned her his car. Mm-hmm. A new Toyota. A new Toyota. Like a new Toyota Corolla, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And she was going to take it. She drove him back to his hotel room and then took it and uh, went to a party that night and apparently got a little tipsy, maybe. Mm. It's unclear. But she attempted to drive the car back to her father's hotel room which people think is is weird, but I think there's fair explanations for it, I guess. Uh, but actually, she ended up just crashing it into a guardrail yeah. <laughs> instead. <laughs> Did like eight to $10,000 worth of damage to the car. Something like that, yeah. yeah. The police arrived um, on the scene of the crash and questioned her, but didn't administer any sobriety tests or arrest her. Which is weird in a college town. Yes. In a college town... Cops, that's one of the first things they do when it's nighttime and you've had an accident. Oh, yeah. They check you for booze because yeah. you're a student and you were probably drinking. So yeah. we'll talk about well, it's, it's this, weird, but, you know. this in a little bit, too, uh, yeah, because the guy true. who responded maybe was had some 
stuff going on of his own. I, I kind of think that sounds to me like it's February in Massachusetts. She probably hit a patch of ice and just crashed into the guardrail. Yeah. And then, you know, he saw the ice and said, oh, you hit that patch of ice. Great. Fine. You know, on the other hand, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could have been going on there. Either way, they called the tow truck and the cop gave Mara a ride back to her father's hotel room. Mm-hmm. At about 4.45 in the morning, that morning, she called her boyfriend from the hotel room to talk with him about the accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, her boyfriend o- was in Oklahoma. Yeah, he lived so in So that Oklahoma. means he was like two time zones. So it was like 2.45 in the morning mm-hmm. where he was at. Mm-hmm. I bet he appreciated that. Well, it was 4.45 for her. You know, it's kind of... Yeah. That's a weird time to call somebody either way. Although, I guess if you just had a car accident, you might You don't think about that. Your... You just grab the phone and call. Yeah. Although... Oh, my God, you're not going to believe what just happened. Okay, but the car crash was at, like, two. <laughs> so there were two hours in the remaining... True. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Well, who knows? The next morning, her father, Fred, determined that the damage um, that she had done to the car would be covered under his insurance plan. So he rented a car, dropped Mara off at her dorm room, and drove home. He called Mara later that evening. It always says later that evening, but it was like 1130 at night. Again, there's a lot of weird time stuff happening here. (laughs) But called her to discuss how to to file the insurance report because she had been driving and... She needed to do some of the reporting, and they decided that they would talk more later, like on Monday. Mm-hmm. And of course, this information all comes from him. Mm-hmm. Around midnight on February 9th, shortly after speaking to her father, so it was right after she'd gotten off the phone with him about the insurance claim, mm-hmm. Mara used her personal computer to search MapQuest. Yes, it was the early 2000s. And that was the best direction website <laughs> that available. Was what it was, that's what it was. In 72 pixels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was looking for directions to both the Berkshires and Burlington, Vermont, both awesome places. So later that afternoon at like 1 p.m., she emailed her boyfriend, quote, I got your messages, but honestly, I don't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised to call today, though, unquote. Also around one, she made a phone call to inquire about renting a condo in, uh, in Bartlett, New Hampshire. Uh, apparently, she had vacationed there before with her family. The telephone records seemed to indicate that the call lasted three minutes uh, and she did not successfully rent a condo. Mara then called a fellow nursing student for reasons unknown, which is my favorite unsolved mystery term ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's unclear if that means that Mara connected with the student and the, the student is like refusing to say what they talked about or if the student just never answered. I'm assuming that she just never answered. And yeah, maybe, or maybe they and interviewed the student. The student just said that we just talked about crap. Nothing, yeah. Nothing important. Lipstick you know, and just, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what all yeah. co- 21 year old college student girls do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. At one twenty four, Mara emailed the work supervisor of hers at the nursing school and also uh, her nursing school faculty advisors and professors saying that she had to leave town for a week due to a death in her family and that she would contact them when she returned. However, nobody in her family had died. Well, except her. That's suspicious. Oh, it's a little suspicious. Well, I don't think it's suspicious. I mean, really, seriously, how many, you know, 
lots and lots of people tell tell lies to get out of work for whatever reason. They they call in sick when they're not. You know, for like a so. day though. Yeah, I mean a whole you don't week say, is like yeah, it's it's kind that's of that's a long it. Yeah. span of time. It it is mm -hmm. a big exaggeration. Yeah. She just really needed to get away. Yeah. So then at two she called a number that provides uh, pre-recorded information about booking hotels in Vermont. Stowe, Vermont? I think it's just Stowe. Stowe? Yeah. I don't know. It's the East Coast. They say all the things. It might be they use all vowels. They use it might all be, It might be Sty. Let's call it Sty. No, no. <laughs> Anywho. Somewhere in Vermont. She listened to the information for about five minutes, which is a really long time to listen to that kind of information. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been stuck in those telephone trees before. Press one to do this. Press two to do that. I press three. Oh, crud, it's the wrong one. Press mm. nine to go back. Nine to go back. Start over. I I mean, you, we've yeah. all been on those pre-recorded systems where you feel like you're in there forever. I just oh, thought yeah. it was like the weather service one that you can call that says, for your area code, the weather is... And, it, you know, it's just like on a minute loop or something. Well, but if it's for booking hotels, it might have been listing hotels oh, that's true. in an area. And so she's got to navigate through it to yeah. find the area mm -hmm. and then get the list of hotels. Yeah. That's anyway, I, I don't know how relevant this is, though. But uh, uh, it may or may not be. Yeah. A few minutes later at 2.18, she telephoned her boyfriend and uh, left a voicemail that essentially said they would talk later. And uh, it was just under a minute long, that message. Okay. Like most voicemails are. Yes. In her car, she packed the things that you would typically pack on a trip. Um, you know, clothes, toiletries, college textbooks, all that stuff. I don't take college textbooks when I travel. <laughs> well, because you're not a college student. Weird. Oh, wow, that's right. Okay. It's so weird. Yeah. Well past that. Yeah. Well past well that. Well past yeah. that. Apparently, when her room was searched after her disappearance, her dorm room, they found that all of her belongings were packed in boxes. Um, you know, things like the art that was on the walls had been removed. It's apparently disputed whether she had packed them that day or if they were still packed from her recent... She had just gotten back from winter break. And we talked about this a little bit and debated back and forth. It's my feeling that you don't pack things up over winter break generally. No, so unless I, you're changing rooms. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, when we talked before we started is that I remember kids when I was in college who, let's say, sprang for the private dorm room mm -hmm. and then, uh-oh, I can't afford the private dorm room anymore, so I've got to go to another room. So you've got to you got to pack it all up because you know you're yeah, going to move. So. I've also known friends, whether in college or in their 30s, who move into a place and all seem to take six months to unpack. Oh yeah, live sure. out of boxes yeah. forever. So I mean, I can see knowing that she's a 21 year old college student. I can see any of those yeah. being very you know easy answers or mm -hmm. and plausible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it means it's, a whole lot. It's not, it's not clear. No. We're, you know, and Joe keeps saying, I don't know if that means a whole lot. I don't know if that's pertinent. Yeah. And that's kind of the big mystery around this unsolved mystery, right, is that there are a lot of details that we have, and it's so unclear about what happened or what may, have, may be pertinent, what may yeah. not be pertinent, that at this point it just behooves us to 
Can Everything's under the microscope. Everything might be. We can, we can do that, yeah. And of, course, of course, I've already drawn conclusions about what happened, Mara. <laughs> right, of course. And so, <clears throat> I and know what your conclusion I, is. Yeah, and that's why I think that the... Um, that's why he's poo-pooing yeah. every he's poo-pooing detail everything. you bring up. Well, I'm not okay. poo-pooing him exactly. I'm just saying I don't... I, You're just saying, it's, I'm it's, just saying it doesn't I, count. I, I think I know what happened, mm. so... All right, well, well, let's let's put your your obvious conclusion aside. We'll talk about that later, though. So... Then at 3.40 p.m., Mara withdrew $280 from an ATM. The footage shows that she was alone, at least as far as the footage was concerned. Mm -hmm. This apparently almost emptied out her entire bank account. Of course, poor college student, $280. Mm -hmm. That's that's about as much as you've got. Uh, apparently, though, there was a paycheck that was due shortly. Uh, yeah, know, within days within or something days. like that. Yeah. She then went and purchased about $40 worth of alcohol at a nearby liquor store. Mm. And I love that that's like a, like a huge deal, right? Like nearly $40 I know. Worth. I mean, it's like a, <laughs> a trip to the liquor store. I could spend a lot more than oh, that. Oh, way really. more. Well, like one bottle. $8 or more in well, a liquor store unless you buy the little itty-bitty onesies that they, they give you on the well, airplane. Which are stupidly expensive. But at 40 bucks. Uh, this is interesting. This is suspicious, actually. Mm. She got Bailey's Irish Cream, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of Frangia wine. And she got all that for 40 bucks. Right. I want to go shopping at that store. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there's the inflation thing. Right? Well, there's that, too. It was 10 years ago. Also, but even for all... 10 years ago, that's a lot of booze for 40 bucks. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh... And maybe that's why she bought so much. Maybe it was all on sale, and that's why she got it all so cheap. Maybe. Uh, apparently, also, closed-circuit footage shows that she was alone while making these purchases as well. Important little tiny tidbits. Apparently, also at some point at that on that day, she obtained a registry of motor vehicle accident report form, which they found in her car. It was blank; it wasn't like filled out or anything like that. No. She's a, so she's a procrastinator. We figured that out. Well, yeah. I don't know. That's not really procrastinating. That's just like the day after her father asked her, "Hey, mm-hmm. fill out this accident report so I can file an insurance claim." I, you know, I think that's fairly timely. Although I think that people tend to think that this is significant because that's not the kind of behavior that somebody has if they're planning to run away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you're not going to file the report if you're just going to go missing. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right? Why bother? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mara then left Amherst, most likely via ninety Interstate ninety one North. Uh, that's the route I would take. It's the I think it's kind of the it's only kind of the main route, route out. Yeah. yeah. Then she called to check her voicemail at about four thirty, which is apparently the last recorded use of her cell phone. There's no indication that she had form, informed anybody of where she was going at this point. All right. So anyway, she's headed off to the to, to the sticks to with a lot of booze to have a party. Maybe. Yeah. Well, sounds like fun. Sometime after seven p.m. Sometime after seven p.m. in Woodsville, New Hampshire, a resident there heard a loud thump outside of her house. Looking outside her window, she saw a black Saturn sedan, much like the one that Mara owned. Was the one Mara owned? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, it was up against a snowbank along Route 112. The car was pointing west on an, the eastbound side of the road. Okay, evidence of bad driving. Evidence of really bad driving. Yeah. Two days in a row. Yes. So she called. Was 
Well, it was more than no, that was like, like yeah, two, yeah, three days in a row yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. within a week. She had, yeah, she had a real talent for wrecking cars. Apparently, <laughs> she did. Yeah, she hated that car. Yes, she did. Yeah. See further proof that she wanted a new one. Uh, you know what I think? I think she disappeared and went to live on a little island somewhere where they don't have cars. Yeah, <laughs> she just hated cars. Yeah. She wanted to kill them. Yeah, the the neighbor who's always unnamed. Phoned the Grafton County Sheriff's Department. Grafton. It's Grafton. The Grafton. I don't know why I keep leaving out letters oh, no. when I'm trying to pronounce I, you, things You today. know, you, you, you just don't like the letter R today I for do some not. reason. It's true. Or the word the letter S, even, nope. for that matter. Or yep. E. Yeah. She didn't like E earlier either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so at 727 is when they have the record of this accident report. About mm. the same time, another neighbor saw the Saturn... And uh, reported that there was somebody walking around the vehicle and saw a third neighbor slash witness pull up alongside the Saturn. The, the third witness driver. was the school bus driver. Yeah, he was yeah. the school bus driver who was returning home. And he said that he noticed a young woman uh, who was not bleeding, but was cold and shivering. He offered to telephone for help. Um, she asked some some reports say pleaded, uh, but she asked him to not call the police. And said that she had already called AAA, although AAA has no record of any calls. This is compounded by the fact that there is no cell phone reception in the area, which the resident, of course, knew. So he went home and phoned the police. His call was received by the sheriff's department at 7.43 p.m. And he said he was unable to see Mara's car while he made the phone call, but did notice several cars passing on the road before police arrived. Mm. So, I, so I, 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 well, no, before you go, I okay, wanted to say one, one thing that I, I do find funny about his description is that she was not bleeding, but cold and shivering. Okay, well, yeah, it's it's February. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Oh, but, no, in, in New or Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. But the oh, other well, thing is, yeah. I've been in a car accident before. Have either of you? Oh, many. What depends and what's, on, yeah. what, what, what automatically happens? You get an adrenal rush, and you you, you automatically, you've always got that little bit of a jitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe she it's, was shaking from that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've, you know, I've done, I've had close calls, and you, you get that rush, and you're, you're gonna shake. So I don't know that the shivering well, would denote cold. Yeah, maybe she was shook up. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that it's mostly that she was shook up more yeah. than anything. Now, does that mean anything? No, no really. but... Again, this is one of those things that everybody says, cold and shivering. I'm like, uh, no, she just totally spun her car around at least 180 degrees or yeah, the that's wrong a, way. That's just an instance of a, of a witness, you know, sort of projecting. Yeah. His, mm-hmm. like what he thought he rolled down the window and went, whoo, it's cold. And you're mm-hmm. shivering, therefore you're cold. Yeah, but anyway. the uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, I kinda, but I want to call it out because it's one of the, again, it's one of those things everybody says she was shivering because she was cold because well, she was standing out on the side of the road. Uh, I don't know that that's always the correct interpretation. Yeah, yeah. And, and this story is tell. so much interpretation. Yeah, and it's it's hard to tell also because, you know, he doesn't say, oh, and she was wearing a tank top or, oh, she was wearing a parka. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's no description of, like, he doesn't ever say, in none of the reports I've read, did he say what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. So he, that's an interesting little... Did he say anything about whether she had the emergency blinkers on or she put any flares out or anything mm-hmm. like that? Because, no. I mean, if you look at I, I was able to actually get, get onto this guy's blog who's done quite a bit of investigation into this. 
And that particular little curve, that little road there, there's no shoulders. So she was in the road. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. it, it would have, if I were me, I would, the first thing I'd do is put some flares out. Um, well, you would, you would have flares. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, maybe yeah, Mara, that's maybe Mara you doesn't have, have, you flares. have flares. Yeah, I have flares. I, I don't. You know, I'm really. a middle-aged man and I don't have flares in my car. But I, I would put my emergency blinkers I would put the blinkers on. on. Certainly. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I guess it's not that relevant anyway, because we know what happened. So at 746, just three minutes after the bus driver phoned and um, it's, it's but not actually uh but actually 19 minutes after the first call at mm -hmm, 727 mm -hmm. but so i guess it's significant in that it's it's not said how long it took the school bus driver to get from the crash to his house mm -hmm. but it doesn't sound like he lives very far it uh, doesn't but i think he it actually would be... lived within eyesight of the of the crash he said he couldn't see it from his house oh really yeah oh that's so i read a different account where he said he'd actually went home to his home and parked his school bus in such a way that he was able to actually look back down the road and see the car oh, interesting. but couldn't see and, it from the house maybe maybe, maybe. He couldn't see it from the house yeah it's yeah. just i think it would be yeah. interesting to know the time in between well it was about you know? 20 minutes apparently i guess because yeah, a lot of people have said like what could how could she possibly have disappeared because because um she was there and then just a few minutes later the, the police arrived how could she have disappeared in that time but no it was more like 20 minutes i guess there's also yeah. a further question here right of like <laughs> he's a school bus driver <laughs> ah. this is a poor like 21 year old girl shivering having a car crash why in the world did he not say Hey, come with me. We'll call the cops and then we'll come back and wait together. You're obviously cold. I can, you know, like you can Because she's a 21-year-old college student and it's a creepy old dude in a school bus. I get, you know, it's just mm. kind of one of those like I've I've had per, what what seemed like perfectly nice people pull over when I've broken down, and you know I was with somebody else at the time, and they're like, "Hey, do you want some help? I don't have a phone, but I could take you somewhere to call." Hey, that'd be great. Well, I can only take one of you because I only have room for one. Mm. Uh no. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, That's but fair. no. That's fair, but you know, I guess for me, like he doesn't even mention like I offered. <laughs> It doesn't. Yeah, you he, know, didn't, he didn't mention. You should have yeah. offered at least. It would have been fine if she said no, but nah. well, he did. And maybe offer, he did. He offered, he offered to help. Maybe. And maybe he yeah. did, and she turned it down. And, it, no, and it's again AAA one of those details that just didn't get written fair. down and, totally and copied and but, pasted yeah. over the internet. Yeah. But it is. A, it's. A, it's a little interesting that she was out in the road, and there was there was a house very close by. There were so lots he, of houses yeah, close by, and she could have walked up to any of them and just you know asked to ask them to call a tow truck or mm -hmm. whatever and she didn't do that so mm -hmm. that's, that is a bit of a puzzler yes but anyway so she disappears so, cops show up at 746 at 746 a haverhill police officer arrives on the scene no one was inside or around the car the car's windshield had been cracked on the driver's side and both airbags had deployed the car was locked that's insignificant that's definitely significant to me oh, yeah definitely Inside and outside the car, he discovered red stains that looked like they were maybe red wine. Uh, and he did find the damaged box of wine, Franzia, uh, on the Nothing rear. Nothing but the best in a box. Yeah, right. On the rear seat. In addition, he found a AAA card that was issued to her. A blank crash report form. Oh, I'm sorry. There were more than one. There were a few blank crash reports. Oh, so forms. she expected to have multiple accidents, evidently. Yeah. Um, gloves, compact discs, makeup, two sets of MapQuest directions, one to Burlington and the other to Stowe, both Vermont. 
uh, Mara's favorite stuffed animal and, significantly, Not Without Peril, a book about mountain climbing in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, which were like 20 miles away from where, he, where she crashed. Yeah, apparently she and her, she and her dad liked to, liked to hike in that area, and they did mm-hmm. a lot of that in her childhood mm-hmm. and teenage years. Yeah, so Mara's debit and credit cards were missing along with her cell phone, and nobody's ever seen or had use of them since her disappearance. Mm-hmm. That's significant. I agree. Yeah. Somewhere between 8 and 8.30, it's unclear, a contractor who was returning home from work in Fransonia, Fransonia, Franconia, 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 Franconia saw said he saw a young person moving quickly on foot eastbound on Route 112, uh, about four or five miles east of where Mars' vehicle was discovered. He said that the young person, and I don't know how he knew it was a young person, but he did was wearing jeans, a dark coat, and a light cutter colored hood. He didn't report it to the police because. He was confused about the dates and didn't think it was significant. So he reported about three months later that he'd spotted the young person the night that Mara disappeared. Yeah, so I don't think that means anything either. Well, I mean, I heard about that. Okay, too. so I remember seeing that this guy, everybody says he was confused about the dates because he evidently didn't know that the search for her was going on right away. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking, oh, it was a couple of days later. But I got on I got on Google and started looking at this area and then looked at the roads and went okay well this is about where she crashed and then we track 4 or 5 miles east on that road wow. which was the wrong way to go if you're trying to get to any major roads because uh, I, and I and for the life of me now, I can't remember which interstates it is that kind of run in parallel north. Mm. But she was taking the long way to get to one when if she had continued to travel west four or five miles, it would have got her to the major interstate. So it's really strange to me that she would have backtracked that direction. I guess on the one hand, I do want to remind you about MapQuest in the early 2000s (laughs) and how like truly effective their their directions were it got some people killed it i mean it was pretty awful but But i think it's a valid point yes i think it's a valid point i also do want to point out that this is insignificant in my mind because she interacted with somebody at like 7 30 right and then at eight was sighted four or five miles away which is a significant mm. amount of eight ground. Eight thirty, yeah, it kind of so is for somebody to cover in that amount of time. Yeah, an eight-minute mile. Yeah, she would have been hauling butt. Yeah, yeah. half an hour, gotten four or five miles. And, so that's a good point. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, there were probably plenty of young people out on foot on that road that night. I mean, not lots, not, but I mean, it's possible that know. there was some kid that could have been walking anybody. from one house yeah, to the next. Been, yeah, mm-hmm. so. So I don't think we we've debunked that theory. Just kidding. Just <laughs> yeah, kidding. Not that it was a theory, but yeah, yeah. Just before 8 p.m., uh, EMS and a fire truck arrived to clear the scene, and by 8:49 p.m., the car had been towed to a local garage. And at about 9:30 p.m., the responding officer left the scene. A rag that had been part of Mara's emergency roadside kit was discovered stuffed in the Saturn's muffler pipe, 
which is often a throwaway, but I, I stands that just stands out to me so much. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just don't know the cause for something like that. I don't know why well, somebody would do something like that. Well, yeah, her dad actually sheds a little light on this. He's, oh, uh, yeah, he does. Um, he said that. Uh, I read on one site that there was a blown cylinder in the car, which I don't think right. is possible because either, if you actually mm. blast a whole cylinder out of your engine, your engine's just But if you've got run. a bad ring, uh, you're going to be It burning. could have been a bad be ring smoking. or a blown head gasket or something like that. But anyway, so it could have been the ring, but it was smoking apparently really badly. And her, her, her dad was like saying, well, you know, it's going to make you kind of a target for the, for the popo. So he advised <laughs> her... Because she wasn't doing other things that were making her try to <laughs> Yeah, place. exactly. Like so, calling them because she was crashing all over the place. So he advised her to stuff a rag up the tailpipe to conceal all the smoke, which that seems to be like kind of a bad idea. That but, sounds like the worst idea I ever heard. Well, you know, I mean, the world is full of bad ideas. Come on. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, this this remind this makes me think of Beverly Hills Cop with the banana in the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, okay, well, uh, yeah, nobody's gonna see the smoke coming out of your tailpipe because your car's not gonna run. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it, it you know I I don't know how good of advice that is. Doesn't sound that great it to me. Doesn't to me. Either. But anyway, that's why he said that he was insisting on buying her a new car because he felt like her existing car was not going to continue running a whole lot longer. Yeah, I bet. So. The following day, um, a bolo was issued for Mara in all of the counties surrounding the crash site that bolo. she could have... Be on lookout? Uh, be on lookout. Okay. Yeah. On February 11th, two days after her father, Fred, found out about the search, he arrived to help with the search, I guess, or something. He I showed up in the area he, then? He came to the area where the sheriff's department was searching for Mara. Okay. Search dogs were sent to the crash site and followed her scent that they got off of a glove for about 100 feet, but lost it after that. Police stated that they believed that Mara had come to the area to run away or commit suicide. Um, And her family and friends have, of course, denied this from the first suggestion. A lot of other people suggest that perhaps her credit card fraud in conjunction with the two car crashes in like less than a week Mm -hmm. um, and all three being in less than three months point to maybe a serious problem with alcohol Mm -hmm. and her family of course denies that as well. Her family has been uh, very adamant about painting Mara as this perfect innocent angel figure. Well of course they would. Which seems to have actually maybe been quite detrimental to the actual search. Again we'll get into that a little bit later. Towards the end of 2004, apparently a man gave Mara's father a rusty stained knife that had belonged to his brother, uh, the man's brother, not Fred's brother, who apparently was a criminal and had lived less than a mile from where Mara's car was discovered. Uh, his brother and his brother's girlfriend were said to have acted strangely after Mara's disappearance. Creepy. Yeah, yeah creepy Super as hell. Super creepy. But uh, did, did Mara's father not follow up on this? I think that he it was my understanding that he handed the knife over to authorities and they tested it and there was no evidence. No Mara blood on there. Yeah. Yeah. In late 2005, Mara's father filed a lawsuit against many of the law enforcement agencies that had been involved with the investigation with the aim to find find out what was going on in the files with the case. Mm-hmm. Since it's an ongoing investigation, many of them have not been made public. Of course, he yeah. wanted to know what they knew, which is I guess kind of fair. Yeah, I would. In also in 2006, the New Hampshire League of Investigators, which is a thing, 
Which is an awesome group Which name. Which is an awesome group name. I, yeah, I, I know I would call myself like the League of Justice. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't called ourselves. The League of Extraordinary like, Ex-Cops or something like that. That was one of the names that we, we threw, yeah. you know, on the cutting room floor when we came up with the name of this show. Yeah, we, uh, yeah actually, I, I was still voting for Danger Probe. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, we're glad we didn't go with that. No, anyway, like you were saying... The yeah, New Hampshire they... League of Investigators is made up of 10 retired police officers and detectives. They, in conjunction with the Molly Bish Foundation, started working on Mara's case in, in 2006. Tom Shamshack, a former police chief and member of the Licensed Private Detectives Association of Massachusetts, says, I quote... It appears that this is something beyond a mere missing persons case. Something ominous could have happened here. Yeah, well, duh. In October of 2006, volunteers led a two-day search within a few-mile radius of where Mara's vehicle was found. Creepy alert. In a closet of an A-frame house quite close to where the crash was. Mm-hmm. Cadaver dogs now, allegedly... Cadaver, are these dead dogs? Are these zombie dogs? No, no, no. no. They're dogs that look for cadavers. Ah. You know, there, there's a drug dog which is trained to catch the smell of drugs. Yeah, yeah. There's a dog that is trained to react smell to the decomp. Yeah. 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 Human yeah. decomp. Smelly, smelly decomposing. Yeah. yeah. So they had a bunch of cadaver dogs with them on this search and in the closet of an A-frame house... The cadaver dogs allegedly went, quote, bonkers, unquote, identifying possible presence of human remains. Yeah, did they bother opening it? Because I read this one, too. Did they bother to open the closet door? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was in the closet. And there was carpet there. And they cut some of the carpet and sent it off for analysis. But I, I never could find out if there were any results from that, which is creepy in and of itself. You know what really, actually what really makes me angry is that every source that I found that talked about that said, and waiting for results. In 2006, you guys, it's been like more than six years. And there's never any, anything that says what they found. I mean, I would like to, okay, you know what? It turned out a raccoon got shut in the closet and died. I would be so much happier. That's fine. That's totally fine. tell me what in the... well, what yeah. you found. Yeah, because now I'm just freaked out about Mar Murray being in the carpeted closet of an A-frame. That's terrifying. Yeah, everybody in A-frame terrifying house. Me, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. So, significant rewards somewhere to the tune of $75,000 have been offered. Really? For just information on this case. Wow. So far, nothing. Mm-hmm. But well, the, the only person that knows is the person that... Well, anyway, I'll get into that later. <laughs> you, so, yeah. you really are just railroading this whole yeah, thing, Joe. Yeah. There, there are some hinky things going on here, though. Okay. Here's the cast list of oh. this story. Oh, our cast of characters our now? Cast of, well, yeah, I guess I hesitate to call it cast of characters because characters are more fun than these people. <laughs> there <laughs> is a to, big cast, though. You know, not to besmirch or anything, but there's a cast of people. The first of which is, of course... No, Fred Murray. Mara's uh, dad. Yeah. The, the the story that we just told um, involves this character, Fred, who's the caring father who was involved in his daughter's life at every turn. And it seems like it, it turns out that may not actually be the case. And now, granted, all of this is internet information. I don't know the guy personally. 
And I don't want to besmirch the name of somebody. Mm-hmm, I generally no. feel that people are good. Mm-hmm. But here's what the internet has to say about him. Well, and, and be, uh, be careful about this because the internet is known for circulating like lies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and that, misinformation. And that's what I want to do is I want to put a little disclaimer on this, right, that says this is what the internet says, but I, you know, whether it's true or not, I, have, I don't have a good idea. Um, aside from my earlier mention of the high probability of him lying about what he and Mara were doing two days previous to her disappearance, mm-hmm. the, the car shopping. Why do you say that's high probability? Oh, we talked about this a little bit. Because, well, because nobody else could confirm yeah. that that's why he was there. Well, yeah, but still, that, that doesn't make it a high probability that he's lying. Well, it's just okay. Well, it's it's odd. It's odd. Let's, let's call it that. It's odd. She didn't mention it to anybody, but then, but again, you know, I mean, I I personally, when I when I go get a new car, I don't usually tell people. I like to just show up with a new car. You're also not a 21 year old girl. No, no. I, you, you know, just never from, have been. I mean, from yeah, my no. experience, Even when my, I was 21, my yeah. friends who purchased cars recently or in college or whatever, that's all they wanted to talk about uh-huh. was how they were so excited that they were getting a new car or how they mm-hmm. were so annoyed that they had to buy a new car. That's a, like a thing that people, who, yeah. young people, talk about often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, kind of a bit. That thing. notwithstanding, uh, he apparently refused to be interviewed by the police for nearly two years. And when he finally did come in for questioning, he brought two lawyers with him, which, you know, bringing two lawyers with you... To be interviewed in and of itself, not so... That's fine, whatever. Do what you feel like you have to do to protect yourself. But waiting two years to be interviewed about the disappearance of your daughter by police during an investigation and then bringing two lawyers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all these like little tidbits of like, if that had been the only thing, then it would have been like a tiny little like drink red flag, right? You know, the kind of flags you put in your drinks. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, added to some of the other stuff that may or may not be true about him just kind of paints this overall picture of questioning ability, questionability, okay. questioning his character. Mm. Um. So the internet also tells me, and again, please take this with the disclaimer that I don't know if this is true or not, but it tells me that he may have lied about what else happened on that weekend. And there's no details about what that means. But it also tells me that upon a search of his things by the police, photos of young women from his family were found in porno magazines. What's what's odd about that? <laughs> Just kidding. Wait, uh, wait. Now, now, do you, when you say photos of young women in his family were found in magazines, mm-hmm. does that mean that they were Polaroids or snapshots that were stuck in magazines? Yeah. Okay, not like he had made his own no. home gross magazine. Okay. Uh, no. That, I just wanted to make sure because you know, that's pressed, creepier. Pressed neatly in the folds of a porno magazine was a snapshot uh-huh. of a niece and that, or a, you know, aunt. That's an odd bookmark. That is, yeah. yeah. But who, who put this like particular that. little factoid out in the Well, internet? and that's exactly it, is that it's um, this guy, James Renner, yeah. who is kind of, he's he's doing a blog. Many of you probably know about him. He's a, writing a blog and writing a book about the Mara Murray disappearance. He's an investigative reporter who uh, does a lot of this kind of investigation stuff. And he and Fred apparently have a bit of a beef. 
Yeah, it sounds like they don't get along. They too don't well. get along yeah. super well. And well, uh, frankly, if if I were Fred and somebody were putting this kind of stuff out on the internet about me, I I would be a little pissy about the whole oh, thing yeah. too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and Renner, Renner, while he seems to have good intentions, some of his methods of going about things, and this is my my attempt to say this the best way possible, are not necessarily the best. He does some things that, and the way he writes, the tone, that's mm. the word I'm looking for. The tone mm-hmm. and the perspective that he takes on things are very accusatory. Well, he's an author. Mm. That's, you know, that's really the big part of it, right? Is that he's an author and he's writing a book to sell. And that's fine. I don't think there's anything reprehensible about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that he's kind of become this go-to source for the Mara Murray disappearance because he is actively investigating it and also putting out the information that he's finding versus like the police who are, it's a cold case, but there it is an open investigation. It's hard to tell. Um, well, but, but the thing is, is that I, when I read his stuff and I read the stance he takes on it. Let's 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 compare him to Ethan Brown, mm. who we talked about talked to for the Jefferson right, da- right, Davis right. 8 story. He was he was very removed. He was had intimate interactions with people, but he kept removed. He kept his personal feelings out of it. He would say, "This seemed weird to me," but he didn't seem to get so involved and wrapped up and take a personal stance on it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Renner kind of doesn't seem to be able to hold that that separation. It's mm. kind of like uh, I remember when I was um, investigating the Dorothy Arnold story. And I'd go out on the internet and I'd go to some of these boards where people were talking about it, you know, and, and I'd watch these posts go by, you know, and and, and watch these they people, would evolve and watch these people convince themselves, for example, in Dorothy's case, that she was being horribly abused by her family. There's mm-hmm. never been a shred of evidence to support that. Mm-hmm. And I, but I watched these these people's comments get more and more intense about poor Dorothy and the horror the horror that her family was inflicting on her. It starts out as the family's kind of poking a little fun at her, and pretty soon. They're just totally treating her like dirt. It's like, yeah. dudes, there's not a shred of evidence for any of this. Yeah. And this is what kind of what this reminds me so of. So what I just, so that's, you know, that's one of the good points to make is that it is the internet and it's hard to tell. Uh, and another another point too, they, they searched his things and found photos of, of family women in, in porno mags. To, to the best of my knowledge, there's no, there was never any reason for the police to search the father's stuff. They went out and he didn't even live in town. He lived a, a distance away. And he was never a person of interest, as, as far as I know, in this whole story. Yeah, it's hard to tell. So Again, I'm, you know, it's hard to tell because since none of the police reports have really been yeah. released, it's hard to tell what they have and have not done, uh-huh. all of that sort of stuff. Apparently, also, there's a rumor floating around that Fred told his friends and Mara's friends not to talk to people who are writing a book about the disappearance, Jeremy Renner. Which would be Jeremy, or, yeah, James Renner. James, yeah. Mr. Renner. Yeah, Jeremy and, Renner's an actor. Uh, um, <laughs> but also, they t- they he apparently told Mara's friends what to say to the police as well. Now, the one thing that I do want to say, and this is kind of in defense of Fred, is I've read accounts uh, from families that have had children disappear. Mm. Uh, and And there are cases where people have realized... 
what a political game they have to play with the news media and with people in general. And so they they very methodically stage things and present things and say, we need to put this out here and we need to hold this back and we need to work through this process. And it's very calculated. And the problem is, is while that works in the beginning, this very calculated approach mm-hmm. to keep the story alive, to keep it in people's minds and to help spur the investigation, it also, in hindsight, after it all kind of washes out and people take another look at it, that behavior then really reflects poorly on you because it, it there's a lot of inconsistencies between what you would expect a father's behavior of his daughter who has disappeared conflicting with the behavior of somebody who is taking it and just segmenting and compartmentalizing and putting it all in order Mm -hmm. for presentation. Sure. And so I can see both sides of the coin where he's trying to keep things going, but at the same time, he's knowing that if I just put it all out there, then the whole thing is done and there's nothing to keep people looking into this story and keep public awareness of it. Sure, yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, Let's move on to Billy Rush. Uh, The next cast member. Yeah, he was Mara's boyfriend. Uh, Many accounts say that they were engaged. They were not. Apparently, in fact, the relationship was on the rocks and Billy was cheating on Mara. And in fact, she was cheating on him mm. with the assistant track coach of hers. And this is at a- least. And apparently, maybe even taking part in, quote, track team orgies, unquote, which I think is just dumb. So uh, what's the source of all this stuff anyway? Well, lot, there's actually a couple sources of this. Really? Yeah. Right. There's, it, it's kind of substantiated around. And in fact, the, the assistant track coach thing is in fact true. Really? But it, well, I, it's not clear that it was actually her cheating on Billy. They, well, well, and this is had, actually the next person we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. but uh, according to apparently they broke up over a summer and had recently gotten back together, and also apparently Billy was maybe not such a nice guy. Again, these are all, you know, it's just like so it's such a mishmash of like he said, she said, well, and, and these are these these this this so sounds like. College girl catty rumors. Oh my god, you won't believe that slot. She was sleeping with a track coach and then she was passed around with all the guys on the team. That is just so weird. And I've read that in accounts and it's really come on. So the interesting thing is actually all of that information comes from her ex boyfriend slash assistant track coach. Really? Yeah. He's okay, a, now I didn't find actually, that. He's Does actually he have a the one. Yeah, okay, so, well, let's just like. Did he yeah, post let's, any let's, pictures? Let's, let's have let's, it. Let's, let's have jump it. right in. His name is Haas Baghdaddy. Haas. What a great name. Bag and he was, the, he was the assistant track coach at UMass, apparently. And apparently they were seeing each other while she and Billy were broken up. Hmm. Uh, he says that she was fairly promiscuous, that she was sleeping with him, but also many other members of the track team. But that didn't keep him from liking her. Liking her, as in <laughs> loving uh, her. He, I think he says loving her. Uh, okay. I think he says. I'm hold back. I mean, it's that's like at the very end. It's almost an afterthought. You know, he talks about how much he loves her and 
you know, how great they were together and how happy and strong she was. And then also like, yeah, it's true that she was sleeping with other people, but like, that's fine. Which, you know, I think is a fair thing to say in, in college. It's, it's okay to say. How old know. was he? Do you know? His early twenties. Early so he's 20s. kind of in the same demographic. Same age, yeah. Well, obviously he, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it depends on the relationship, you know, if you're really serious about somebody then obviously that's it not going like to fly, but perhaps they weren't, I don't, I don't think he was serious about her. So, you know, uh, huh. so Haas was interviewed, um, by a few different people and claimed that he didn't actually even know that, uh, Mara had a father. Well, of course she had a father. You know, her father and yeah. mother were divorced. Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. He, th- he actually thought that perhaps the father was dead, that he had never heard Mara talk about her father before, mm. which is, again, another little, like, earworm. There's so many tiny little earworms Well, here. you know, but the thing about it is, it sounds to me like he and, um, he and Mara got together for one thing and one thing only. I doubt that they spent a lot of time in I actually, it sounds like from reports that they actually did spend some time together. There were many uh-huh. moments where they were just kind of hanging out, and she, in fact, confessed a couple of things to him. She, they had been spending the summer together, and she went to visit him over the summer, and then once school started again, she became kind of distant. Uh, you know, of course, this is all his account, but she became kind of distant and finally said, oh, actually, Billy and I got back together. And mm. it sounded like Billy was perhaps being a little demanding the whole, like, I need you here at this time and you need to be only doing the things that I want you to do. And at one moment, uh, she confessed to Haas that um, she hated her life at UMass and wished that she could, quote, dis- just disappear. Mm. And Haas recalls, uh, reacting to finding out about her disappearance with a holy crap, maybe she did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I immediately and I had I had only seen some of the, the the kind of overview accounts of him, but I can't help but immediately get that bra sent, feel from this, and and by bra I mean. Hey, bro, what's going on? Oh, you mean the bro? The bro, yeah, that bro, that that college bro who couldn't leave after he got out. You know, he didn't want to leave the the fraternity life. And hey, bro, let's like go do this, and it's totally awesome. We're gonna hang out with these chicks. Like, th- there's that weird college guy mentality that there are men that are in their thirties that still can't get over that. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I, I can just I, I want to go I, back to college. Hey. I, I really. Just from the way this is put together and the things that he says, I get that, well, I was a good dude and we had a thing and so we just like hung out and she confided in me and I don't know why I'm getting a surfer dude lilt in my voice, but it just, I really get a, just... I, I don't buy it. Yeah, you really. Feel... I mean, that's that's just all it boils down to. I don't really buy this guy's stuff. It's interesting. I kind of had that same like um, fame crashing vibe, right? Mm-hmm. That so... he like knew somebody who was famous for a kind of tragic reason, and mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, it's those same girls who like, you know, some girl dies horribly in a car crash, and then like all of the girls at her school are like, we were best friends and uh, I loved her yeah. so much we hung out in homeroom twice. Uh, and then you find out on Facebook they ripped on her constantly uh, so and they hated yeah. her. Yeah, so you're thinking old Haas here is just basically full of it and he's lying about I their, mean, no, their passionate believe, sexual relationship. I believe that they There probably, was probably something there. Yeah, yeah but maybe. I don't know if it was as much. And you know, I also don't know if he if she ever really said I just wish I could disappear. She um, she really should have kept a diary and left it in the car. So <laughs> yeah, man. Stuff. That would have Hello? made this so mm-hmm. much easier. Yeah, Mara, next time, keep a diary. The next 
character is Kate Marco. Markopolis. Markopolis. Thank you. I That's know. how I would have said it. That's yeah. that was a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So Kate was apparently friends with Mara. She and Fred and Mara had dinner a few days. She was at the dinner that they had on the seventh. It must have I been. That was a dinner they had at a brew pub, and which mm. afterwards she took her dad's car and then later yeah. on crashed it. And yeah. Kate was actually also at the party that Mara was at right before she crashed her dad's car. Kate said that she had no knowledge about Mara's plans, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Apparently, of note, however, and I say apparently because I just think this is so sad that this keeps getting brought up, but Kate's father spent five years in jail for attempting to blow up his neighbor with a homemade bomb. Uh, Stable behavior. Uh, he only spent her, five years in jail, huh? Yeah. He admitted to the crime and served five years. She claims that he was wrongfully imprisoned and that she he was innocent and didn't do it. I think Kate did it. I think I think Daddy took the rap. So I mean and I think you that have it's no basis for that. <laughs> Cut it out. I so. think it's fair to say that like those are two pretty extreme things for one person to have and for one person to have both of those things is like you know, the odds of that are so what, million to one, right? What do you mean? To, like, What's have it? a close friend who dis- disappears under highly mysterious circumstances. Oh, and also to have a father who tried to blow up his neighbor with a homemade bomb. I know. You know, I think, not, but I don't, I just can't see a connection. You know, no, I just don't see a no connection, connection there. No, yeah. But with everything else with this story, it's something to grab onto. Yeah. And try and flesh it out and try and draw some Freudian conclusion to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So, so did, did Mara ever like ask to meet the daddy and so she could quiz him about bomb making techniques nope. or anything like that? As far that? as I know, no. Okay. All right. Next is Jeff Williams, a.k.a. Police Chief Williams or former Police Chief Williams. This was actually the guy who responded to that first crash where Mara ran into the guide rail. With daddy's new car? With daddy's... I don't know if it was new, but with his car. I heard it was new. And he apparently has a bit of a record of messing up, according to the internet, again. Because that's the only place you can get information these days. Mm. He uh, crashed his motorcycle into a truck. Then, later, after a bit of a high-speed chase, he was pulled over and charged with a driving while intoxicated. And was, of course, released from his duty as police chief. Also, apparently of note, the car he was driving belongs to a woman who is not his wife. Oh, yeah. Scandal. And Fred was actually the first person to call Mr. Williams's character into question. And he, he said that he wondered aloud to the media if perhaps Mr. Williams had not been lying about how intoxicated Mara was on the night of that initial crash. Uh, so it had to, you know, Mr. Is, is Fred saying that Mr. Williams... Uh... Could have prevented claim, this whole thing. Claim, I, no, Mr. Williams, uh, well, he's, he's the guy that responded after the guardrail crash. So, mm-hmm. so did Williams say, oh, she was smashed, but I just let her go? Uh, no, he, Williams didn't. Remember, if you he remember, let her go, right? he actually drove her to her father's hotel yeah, room. exactly. And, you know, in my mind, I see a like kind of like a good guy cop situation here where, yeah, exactly. like, yeah, if helpful. she was drunk, he was like, listen, like, you're dumb, but I'm not going to charge you. Here, let's get you to your father. You know, like... It sounds like he did he's her trying, a favor. Yeah, he was trying and to so, be helpful. So I think it's silly that Fred so was... That Fred Murray is, like, yeah, calling, mm-hmm. yeah, calling his character into question. I don't get that. Yeah, I agree with that. The next cast or the next character cast member 
is the mysterious caller which I have actually named the mysterious caller. There's no actual name attached to this person. Apparently, during the course of the investigation, a police officer discovered that somebody had called Mara's phone in the late afternoon of the 9th, which is the day that Mara disappeared. And the call came from within a 22-mile radius of the Londonderry, New Hampshire cell phone tower. There's apparently only one there. How big is Londonderry? It's quite small. Yeah, like 10 yeah. people. And this has caused a lot of people to speculate that she was planning to meet somebody in New Hampshire. Do you know how far away that is from where her accident was? It's like 100 miles, 116 miles south. <laughs> and that's that's by... What, south? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. that, that doesn't make any friggin' sense. Yeah, it's right on the border with... New Hampshire and I have not Massachusetts, but Vermont. And she went to yeah. school in Amherst, mm-hmm. right? Massachusetts, which is it's almost west north. of where London, west of Londonderry, yeah, yeah. Like southwest. Yeah, so from uh, but, Amherst to Woodsville, Woodsville is like like pretty north. It's just like a solid north path with a slight. Yeah, it's like a hundred and some odd miles north. But yeah. Okay, also, that, I guess of note, um, the, the Google Maps, if you're going to drive from Woodsville to Londonderry, you have to take 112 east. Except she was going the opposite direction. She, she was driving away from it. Okay, well, this she is was, just weird. Yeah, this she is, was going west, right? On 112? That's the assumption, what, but her car, yeah. well, her, car was he- her car was faced east on the west, right? Yeah, was, I thought it was west but that's facing a west huge on the eastbound. Oh, detour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a giant detour to from go to London that area. Dairy. London Dairy. That yeah. almost sounds like I got a new cell phone and I called my friend and they didn't answer and that's why nobody knows what this phone number is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Okay, that, that uh, yeah, I I discount I, that right off. You know, yeah. Okay, I, never mind. About, yeah, don't even worry about it because London Dairy is not that far from Amherst or, or where she where her parents lived or mm. it's, it's quite conceivable she knew somebody who lived in London who randomly called her. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, the next character is um, maybe the, one of the creepiest. Yeah, this guy yeah, is this some, this a creepy. sicko. I, yeah. I gotta be honest with you, I couldn't watch the YouTube videos. Oh, I did. I did not. I watched I all knew, three of them. I knew that it was gonna be a bad idea. So, in, in, in 2012, the um, eight-year anniversary of Mara's disappearance, a what I can only describe as mentally unstable man um, posted some videos to YouTube taunting the family of the, the Murray family and also claiming to have information related to the case. In one of the videos, he's just laughing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is terrifying. Uh, in one of the other videos, he shows a ski lift pass um, that was dated two days prior to Mara's disappearance uh, from a ski resort that was very close to where her car was found. Mm-hmm. And that is, I guess, of note because who keeps ski passes... For eight years. Well, and and here's the thing: is I watched them, and I I it's a the laughing video is just over a minute long, and I I skimmed the thing. I you know it, I paused. I, he started giggling or whatever it is he's laughing, and I skimmed f- across it, and it is just him in a darkened room, and you can barely make out his features. And there's you know the computer monitor reflection in his glasses. You can't tell who this dude is. And that's the one that's just titled "Happy Anniversary," right? Yeah, yeah and at the very end that's it says "Happy terrifying. Anniversary." Terrifying. 
Mm-hmm. The the one that's the ski pass is like 15 seconds long. And then he also posted another weird one, which I swear is taken out of a movie. And all it is is, is rain coming down on a windshield with the windshield wipers with orchestral music in the background. Oh. And at first, it's actually kind of beautiful. Because you're listening to it, you're seeing the wipers, like, oh, this is really well made. And then I'm realizing it's for an actual movie, and it, it seems, because it's pretty well put together. Somebody knew what they were doing. Wasn't obvious this dude did it, because what I laugh at is everything that this guy puts up on YouTube, it's always whatever the name of it is, dot .mov which is a, a file type that nothing, hardly any system uses anymore. So he's using some antiquated software and doesn't know what he's doing. But it's just freaking weird. His username uh, of note. Oh, yeah. Mr. 112Dirtbag. Mm-hmm. 112 being the road she was found on. Or her car was found on. Yeah, which is, you know, the significance of that is, like, her father, Mar- Mara's father, Fred had said at one point that he believed that she had just been abducted by some dirtbag. And that was literally his word. Was dirt, or mm-hmm. The word he used was dirtbag. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently, I don't know, this, this guy is just some internet psycho that wants to torment the family. Well, yeah, there's, some there's... of the videos that he released were just like line drawings. There was one. Weird stuff. Just like a girl with a black eye. Yeah. Huh? It's, well, and... You can find information on this online. And what? it's. Uh, here, uh, what I'm going to say about this is there's yeah. been there's been some forensic is the wrong word, but psychological uh, interpretation. You know, mm-hmm. people who understand this mental standpoint mm. have looked into it and they've realized that all this dude is doing is he knows that he can get a rise out of these people. Sure, yeah, he can inflict a little pain and little that he's got power over them and he's getting off on that power and that's mm-hmm. all it is well i'm kind of surprised is that, is that the authorities uh haven't done anything in terms of trying to like track this guy down it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard because i think that he's a troll and they just don't care it's obvious that this guy is just a troll he's just a weirdo mm-hmm. yeah and th- because i mean he he cropped up years later mm-hmm. yeah uh that just is some guy who found something that he knew he could fixate on and get his his power jolly off of. Yeah, I, I think that's what, what it is, too. But, you know, if you're going to do your due diligence as a law enforcement officer, and they may have. you should find him. They may very well visit, have. visit his house with one of them there cadaver dogs, you know, and <laughs> see what you can find that's in the true. backyard. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure he's just some random sicko. Yeah. So there's one more thing that I'd like to just, like, note here. And this cropped up uh, in, it just kind of, like, flew onto my radar, I guess. When I was doing my research... There, you know, as many of you know, I do some of my research on Reddit. So there was a thread about this and somebody posted this quote and said, oh, here's my source. And it was Wikipedia. But the Wikipedia article doesn't have this quote anymore on it. So it's been removed or moderated. So it's been removed. So I thought that was extra interesting while we're going down the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read the little excerpt that was on Wikipedia that, as far as I can tell, is no longer on Wikipedia. It says, At some point, the New Hampshire State Police Trooper had been at the scene. The nature and extent of his involvement has not been disclosed. The Murray family had reported that they have discovered that there was no radio communication between the state police officer and his station for approximately two hours after he arrived on the scene. I feel that's significant, and I feel it's interesting that it's not on Wikipedia anymore. 
Well, what is it saying, though? It's uh, saying that after her crash, at, when, her, when she disappeared, a New Hampshire state trooper arrived on the scene. Right, I understand that, but I, I, what, what, is, what is the implication or significance of well, the fact that he didn't he went dark, get on the radio for two hours? He went dark for two hours because he was busy murdering Mara Murray, is the implication. The I mean, it's one implication. I think but, that, I mean, again, it's that whole, like, grasping at straws on this case that, like, if we're going to say that Kate is a person of interest because her father made a homemade bomb and tried to, like, blow up his neighbor, maybe. The guy mm-hmm. didn't report in. He went to the diner. He had a cigarette, a cup of coffee, that. 18 slices of pie, and then finally waddled back to his car and radioed in. Well, that's possible. After That's possible, but the, you know... Don't forget this, too, is that the fact that there was no radio communication for two hours is probably BS also. It's, so, I, I mean, you can account for a two-hour gap, but you know, bear in mind the two-hour gap probably never existed to begin yeah, with. Yeah, and you know, I'm, that's my big question mark, right, is that like, I can't say, I can't substantiate this at all. And, but I can say that, like, okay, it's weird that maybe he wouldn't have been in contact for two hours after mm-hmm. discovering that a young 21-year-old woman had wandered away from the scene of her car crash with her debit card and not much else. And it's significant also that perhaps that is no longer part of the like Wikipedia common commons information i you know and again i'm not i'm not saying that it actually can, is significant well not, i can see this being removed if there's no source right you've got to back these things up oh, with source. Yeah. And people just go into wiki and do stuff all Absolutely. the time and the moderators realize that there's no basis for mm-hmm. it yeah i mean and, and there's and all get, kinds of cases of that and you sure. maybe get contacted by some of these lawyers you say hey, hey this is libel yeah and so i you know i yeah. guess i just feel that it's worth mentioning just for the sake of prosperity prosperity uh, Posterity? Yeah. Posterity? Posterity. 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 I added Prosterity an R. is a good one. That's one of my missing R's went. She's making up for the missing letters. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. All right. So, well, where are we at now? So I guess we're kind of in the theories. Oh, the theories. Finally. Okay, yeah. UFOs. Are, are, they, are they going to be UFOs? Obviously. Oh, uh, they're better. So theory yeah. number one, UFO yeah. abduction. abduction. Mm. Although there's a lack of, you know, lights and stuff like that. No blue oh, lights. Oh, actually, you know what? It's actually, again, kind of worth note. There are no actual alien UFO abduction theories in this, which is odd because there always are. Yeah, and they never saw, nobody saw any blue lights nearby. No, and yeah. then, right? Like yeah. a little bit well, weird. Well, that's because last week's show was the black hole of all UFO things, and so we, we, we sucked them all up, so there's none left for this story. All right, that's fair. So, not UFOs. No. no oh, yeah. What else, what, besides UFOs, what else is well, there? Well, so there's the theory that she ran away. Yeah, she ran away. And then I guess there's like the sub theories of, and it went horribly right or it went horribly wrong. Mm. Right? Okay. Yeah, so, so, flesh this out. Well, I mean, she could have run away and meant to kind of fake her own death to like truly escape her life. Yeah. Right? That's a thing we know about. Yeah. yeah. But there's, you know, there's good evidence that she didn't do that. Sure, right? there is. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, she left without much money in her pocket. And if you're to believe her dad, and I have no reason to doubt her, to doubt her dad, they did, They were looking for a new car for her, right? So, and, and again, I mean, people are casting aspersions in this guy, but I don't have any reason to believe that he was lying about that. So, therefore, if you're going to run away, and also, let's not, not forget that she cleaned out her bank account but she had checks on the way. Checks were in the mail, right? So if you're going to disappear, 
Aren't you going to wait for those checks to come so you have a little more cash to carry with it you? It could have been direct and, deposit. Yeah. Just as a but yeah, I mean, but you're basically going to wait for you're going to wait for that stuff to happen, and you're probably going to go ahead and wait an extra week for the new car to materialize because if you're going to go on the run and disappear, it's obviously better to do it with a newer, nicer, more reliable car. Joe. So that's why I, I completely discount the thought that she yeah. ran away. Well, here my 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 problem with this theory is that. And again, I am not saying anything bad about Mara, but yeah. she has proven to not have exercised the best decision making mm-hmm. in a lot of scenarios. True that. And so I don't know that she would have necessarily said, well, I've got 280 bucks in the bank right now, but if I wait five days, I'll have another 400 bucks and I can take off. She may have just said, I got 280 bucks in bed. I- I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to okay. buy 40 bucks in booze, and that's going to hold me. I just got to go. Yeah, okay, that's that's fine, too. But Very then, short-sighted thinking. Well, you know, it is, it is. But number number, the, you know, well, I think she was incredibly determined and decided, even after she crashed her car, that she was going to go ahead and continue with her disappearance anyway. I, you know, I still think, I, I don't believe it. I think that at that point, she would say, well, my, my disappearing act is kind of like, kind of like just augered in and, and it's a complete failure so i'm going to go back home i'm going to regroup and i'm going to like disappear a little bit like another month down the line when i've got a new car but the other thing about it is is okay her judgment was bad she was thinking erratically thought thinking i will disappear well 10 years have gone by she's had plenty of time to rethink her decision she's probably been out there if she's still alive which i doubt she's been out there eating a lot of you know what and not doing that well so at some point she's going to call home and say i'm sorry I, I thought I'd run away from home, and uh, it hasn't worked out that well. Well, but it, it, this was not a month ago. Um, I I was reading the story of there was a guy in that region who, God, I cannot remember what they called him, but he was the guy who would break into uh, summer homes in the winter and steal all their food and their batteries, and just they, they, he was a phantom. And he would come in and he he would just, you know, Jimmy open a window and he'd steal mm. all the food stuff, some batteries and some clothes and disappear. Never did any damage, but he'd just steal it all. Uh-huh. The guy lived in the woods for 20 friggin' years. Yeah. And he flat out, he did the same thing. He one day drove away, p- backed his car up and parked it on a service road and started hiking, and he just disappeared. And how he survived the cold in a tent is, you know, it, it's a stroke of luck. Yeah. But he did it, and yeah. people do that. So, well, yeah, again. But he didn't say, well, I better wait till all my paychecks come through and I got my money, because yeah. I'm going to go. No, he was like, I'm not going to use money. I'm just going to get out. There's no uh, there's, there's no reason to believe that Mara Murray was this, that kind of a hardcore person, though. I mean, she have, obviously had experience with hiking in the outdoors and stuff. But, but that guy was no hardcore yeah, I mean, survivalist either I mean, before he left. You know, again, when you I look mean, it's at... it's just an example. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great example, but when you look at, at the probabilities here, um, the probability that she just disappeared and started a new life somewhere versus what else could have happened, like being you know, abducted and murdered, well, I've got to say, abduction and murder is a, a much, much stronger possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that the the interesting bit, you know, there's so many of those... And we're just totally omitting all of the like 
sightings of Mara Murray that have like, yeah. been called in in the last 10 years. Mostly because, like, please go online and look at pictures of her. She is, like, one of the most innocuous white women ever. I mean, she's got brown hair. She looks like a totally normal, like, attractive, but not, like, so attractive that you would notice her blending in white woman. And I have so many friends who kind of do that whole, like, well, I'm going to go to Alaska and, like, work in a fish processing plant for a couple of years. And, like, do you think that they're super litigious about, like, actually, you know, having a work visa and, like, proving who you are and, like, running a background check and all that stuff? No. Mm, I mean, they may pay you in cash and, like, that's fine because it's cheaper for them in the long run. I, you know, it's not to say that that's what she did, but it would be possible for her to have escaped someplace you know, taken a job under the table for a little while until she could earn the money to make it out of the country and just go. Yeah. Well, and, and here's one of the things, I don't know if we've talked about this. When you pull up Woodsville, where she crashed her car, Yeah. it is less than 100 miles away from the Canadian border. So you think the Canadians did it? I don't think the Canadians did it. I think they did it. Damn them. But, yeah, but, they stuffed know, her full of Tim Hortons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, and maple syrup and said, okay, eh? No, I, I think that it's, it's one of those things where if she's, if she's running from, I don't know what she thought was so terrible that she had to run from. And you look at where Amherst is and you look where she crashed. She drove two and a half hours north and she was about an hour or so away from crossing the border uh, yeah. and going to a new life. And what do people do when, and you, you mentioned this, what oh. do people do when they want to make a new life? They go to another country and they just start over with a, and just well, I have, basics. And I, I have no idea. This is 2004, of course. This is after 9-11. So there would be a record of a border crossing. I don't know if anybody, you know, on either the U.S. or the Canadian side of the border actually, you know, kept track of who crossed the border, but you would think the police would probably have checked on something like that. Maybe but, they didn't. I mean, it's... I mean, it's a, the, you know, the police, uh, the authorities have a, an amazing ability to be, like, super authoritarian and everything like that, and, and massively incompetent I at think, the same time. Well, I think that the so, thing is, right, is that, like, we keep an incredible record of everybody who comes into our country. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know that uh, we keep a great record the, of who leaves our country. No, no, but the Canadians would have... The Canadians would have a record of who came in, though. Maybe. Yeah. I gotta be honest, you know, I mean, I've I've driven through the Canadian border and waved my passport and kept going. Yeah, I don't know. And they didn't scan me every stinking time I came through the border. Yeah, again, I, I, well, I think what happened after 9-11, though, is, or, that, is basically the U.S., because so many of the 9-11 um, terrorists infiltrated our country through the Canadian border, the U.S., we started clamping down on that. And in retaliation, the Canadians started clamping down on us and started putting much stricter rules about who could come in and everything like that. So I, I would imagine it by that point in time that they were probably actually scanning all the passports that people coming well, in. Okay, okay. But, but, but here's the problem with that is that you're presuming that she was checked. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's just say... Maybe not. For, Maybe she for, was for giggles, For giggles, let's just say that Mara ran. She ran north mm-hmm. on the road, or she got a ride in one of those cars that went by. 
and she gets in a car and she gets out to, I think it's Interstate 91. Is that right, Devin? She gets on 91 and she hooks, she thumbs a ride and she gets some family in a camper or she gets some dude that's driving a truck and she gives some sob story about running away from whatever she's running away from and just says, listen, I can't be tracked. Can I hide in the back? And can you tell them that no, there's nobody else with you? And she goes through. Mm-hmm. And she's unchecked. I mean, well, there's a bazillion ways that somebody. You know, again, well, you're, you guys, you're, you know, you guys are piling improbability on top of improbability. I'm saying you know? that it's possible that she could have done it. I it's don't possible. think. It's I unlikely. don't think that's the case. No, it's but I unlikely. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, and I personally agree with Joe with what Joe, Joe has been railroading this oh, entire yeah. show for. But yeah, yeah. I'm saying here's what's possible. Well, and I think hmm. that like the probability of like oh, you hooked a ride, right? Are you going to end up, like, actually catching a ride with, like, a really kindly person who, like, smuggles you across the border to Canada? Uh, or are you going to hook a ride with, like, a, a weird psycho. psycho who yeah. murders you in the closet of an A-frame? Yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's I don't know. And, you know, that's, that's one of the huge problems with this story and why I don't want to go, like, too far down the rabbit hole of theories, right? So, like, there are some, like, broad stroke theories that, like, we could mention. But Mm -hmm. once you start getting into that whole, like, well, she tried to run away, but things went wrong. Like, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? That's, like, a million different threads of, like, oh, and then this could have happened. And this could have happened. And that could have happened. And maybe it was this. Maybe Yeah, yeah, fat chance. There's so many different places to go. And then, you know, on top of that, you've got the, well, she ran away and successfully faked her death and is, like, living high and mighty in, like, Tahiti right now, right? Or there was some foul play aspect and the, there's just so yeah. many well, we, I, I think I think we as a, as a trio here had this conversation before we hit the record button today is that there's so many threads of this story that could run nowhere Yeah, that it is near impossible to just pull on one and try and get to the root of what actually happened because the whole thing it doesn't unravel it knots it mm. turns into a giant ball of information, well, and you can't find your way out of it. Yeah, and there's so much, so much um, again pollution from the internet that's and, well, been thrown just, into the whole thing. And just ex- extraneous information that well, doesn't maybe actually have yeah, a lot anything of that, like, to do like, with like, it. Say, for example, the credit card thing. You know, that's mm. that's extraneous. But uh, but but anyway, to get back to again the, the running away thing, I, I'm not saying it's completely beyond the realm of possibility, but. In order to believe that, seriously, you have to believe that she was willing to take off with a car that barely ran, with only 280 bucks, and that she immediately blew, blew a big chunk of that on booze. Mm. Bad judgment all the way around. Sure. And when she could have actually hung around for a few days and gotten a bunch more money to take with her mm-hmm. on her jaunt, mm-hmm. uh, she was willing to inflict all this pain upon her family. And uh, you know, may, again, maybe she's a so, maybe she was a sociopath. I don't know, but uh, or extremely selfish. Yeah, and and all these years have gone by, and she hasn't rethought the fact that eh, you know maybe I should get in touch, get in touch with the folks or the, my mm. brother and sister, or whatever. You know, I mean, uh, it just none of that makes sense. At the scene, the car was locked. She left. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she left the scene and locked the car, which is obviously if you're going to hang around by your car. You're not going to lock it. So what happened was you, you want to de- keep it safe. That that's well, actually she decided. Yeah, she decided to hoof it, or somebody drove up and offered her a ride. One or the other. And at that point, she said, "Okay, let me lock up my car." She locked her car. She got in a car with somebody. Or else She's she, planning to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, 
So the logical thing for her to, to have done would have been to walk to one of the nearby houses if she did that, or climb in a car with somebody. So, you know, I think that's what happened. I think that's so much more likely. What? I think probably what I would do is I would look at um, anybody in that town who drives a tow truck. The guy pulled up and said, hey, I have a tow truck company. Let's hop in. We'll go to my place. You can warm up. We'll come back in my truck. We'll tow your car to the nearest garage. The tow truck driver in town is a murderer. Well, you're, uh, yeah, okay, I mean, it, it could be anybody <laughs> no. with a truck. But, you yeah. know, here's the other thing that's so awkward about this story is we're going to go back to Renner. Okay, that guy has thrown out a lot of stuff, and I don't put any credence in what I'm about to talk about, but he casts some, a net of doubt at Fred, and it's a net of incest. Because he talks about things of, why did she go back to her dad's room and all of this stuff? If she and... was so drunk, why was she heading back to her dad's room? Because she had her dad's car and he was going to leave in the morning. Yeah. She didn't want to wake up hungover. She took it so he could drive her back to the dorm and drive his car back to his hotel room and go to sleep that night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there I, an I, easy explanation? You and yeah. I get this, but, yeah. but the stuff, I, I mean, he, he's putting out... And so this is, again, as you I'm, said, it's uh, polluting what's out there. Is, well, is that he is... He's, yeah. Again, and, he's saying, "Well, well, maybe there was this weird thing of incest, and that's why there was this and that." And I, I, th- yeah. I, I find that really hard to get, even I, uh, in the realm of acceptable ideas. I find I think that that's incredibly irresponsible to put that kind of stuff out there. I mean, I don't, I don't know her dad or anything like that, but I, I'm giving him the presumption of the doubt. Um, you know, I'm going to assume he's not a. a He's Again, this is this is where I have issues you know? with Renner, but I know I you agree. had one other uh, well, one other bit to come. I just in thought here there with. was one little like other thing that was worth mentioning that has kind of an an interesting spin on this whole thing. Apparently, uh, on the night of February fifth, two thousand four, so that was the night she borrowed Dad's car. Yeah, that she that was broke February, down crying and February, had to be. That was February seventh when she borrowed Dad's car. Yeah, it was. So oh. it was. It was the night that she broke down crying and had to be escorted from. Oh, her okay, job okay, okay. After after she got back <clears throat> from her break on work, and she spent a long time talking to her sister on the phone. Yes, apparently that night, around the time that she was on her break, a UMass student named Vasi Patrit. Patrit was the victim of a hit-and-run accident. He was a pedestrian. She was a pedestrian. The student was a pedestrian uh-huh. uh, and got hit by a car that drove off and Probably. was never found. But, so, so Vasi is Vasi a guy or a girl? That's a good question. I don't. I think I don't I, we're gonna know. let's go with girl. I would say it probably serves her right. Uh, pedestrians usually deserve to get run over. No. Joe, cut it out. No, <laughs> well, well, but here's the thing. So okay, wait, wait, wait. If she's on her break from work. I'm guessing she had a 15-minute break. Oh, well, maybe no, it's a she lunch was on break. The phone. She was on the phone with her sister for like an hour. Oh. So it would have been a fairly substantial break. So the theory goes that perhaps while on her break, even maybe while on her break on the phone with her sister driving, uh... she accidentally struck a fellow student slash pedestrian and panicked and ran away from it. And then... This theory is, like, very odd, but just stick with me for a second here. Borrowed her father's car and practiced running it into a guardrail. What? What? Practiced running it into a guardrail (sighs) because she wanted to run her own car into a guardrail to cover up for the fact that she had hit somebody and then abandoned the car. But 
It went terribly wrong. Of course, in the end, right? It always goes terribly wrong. But the that theory... makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. yeah so, so, so there are a lot that of theories makes here. No sense. At yeah. All. So when when this person Vasi Patrit uh, was hit by a mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. did they report it? Um, yes. That's and did how they re- we know did they, they report like a car description and a license uh, number? As far as I know, no. Yeah. I mean, okay. a, probably a, a description of like, oh, it was a dark sedan. Yeah. But I think as far mer- further than that, I don't know. I, it was dark. It was it was night. Um, when this person was hit. So I think that's like a sl- an interesting slight aside that like <sighs> a UMass student was the victim of a hit and run mm-hmm. shortly before. And, you know, and it would account for some of the stuff, right? It would account for the fact that like, you know, a couple hours later, She's she just set. lost control, like just realized uh-huh. the implications of what had happened. It would also explain, you know, her getting drunk, like really, really drunk the next couple of nights, looking for a new car, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it would, it, yeah. a little bit, right? You know, if you said, hey, dad, I hit somebody with my car and I don't know what to do. And maybe the dad, Fred, was like not the most responsible person. And he was like, well, crap, like we got to cover this thing up. Well, but You're already on the path of covering things up. Let's buy you a new car and we'll just. Here's the weird thing, though. Is her supervisor walked her home from her job. Meaning she didn't drive to work? Well, she may have driven. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's possible that she or that her car was close, her dorm was close, and she walked back to her car and left to go get food and then came back. I, I mean, these are all total possibilities. Yeah. I, yeah okay. I, I'm I, not gonna, I, I don't want to belabor this anymore yeah, because yeah. there's... Just There's... so many directions that potentially yeah, could go. Yeah, absolutely. But I do I think just... that that's slightly worth the note. That... That's, yeah, but there is absolutely no evidence that Vasi Patri was hit by her or anything no, like also, that. No, yeah. also, you know, again, as I mentioned, Stockbridge, I've, I've been there, I've been to Amherst, and Amherst is pretty large, as is the campus, so, like, it's... Totally possible that there there's no connection, but we've been talking about grasping at straws, and it's a straw. No, to grasp it's, it's grasp at some that really is this this entire thing is a giant straw mat. Yeah, that we are just balancing on. Yeah. So, so anyway. I, I guess um, that's the end of the theories, and I don't really want to ask you guys what your favorite theories are because you already told me what your favorite theories are. I know. I don't she really was, have one. She it's, was abducted I, and murdered, and she's in a shallow grave. Personally, I far. hope that right. she is married to a logger in some Canadian <laughs> logging farm I hope she's and living... happily pumped out seven yeah. children. Yeah. I hope so, too, but I don't think that's I, the case. Yeah, I uh, hope that she's like living in Tahiti. Yeah, like, Tahiti is much better. Married to like some island dude who just like treats her like a queen. And, and now I... Paddle boards every day and calls yeah. it awesome. It's yeah, I, I hope that she's living in Salem. No, I, that's horrible. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah, no. that's yeah. So with that, I think we're done talking about Mara Murray about like three hours later, right? Yeah, Jesus. yeah, something like that. Something like that. Once it's edited uh, down, it won't be quite that long, but uh, yeah, it'll be close. So to check out the link, some of the links that we've been talking about. Go to uh, the internet. Go to the internet. Find out more libel. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't print libel on our, our website. No. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can stream our show there. You may be doing that already. If not, you're likely listening to us on iTunes. Uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a comment and a rating if you would like. We love that stuff. Uh, it's also how other people find us, which is pretty cool. If you forget to download an episode and you're on the go, you can always stream us on Stitcher. It's pretty cool. Mm, we have the Facebook, both the Facebooks. We are on the Facebook. 
We are the, the Facebook. Facebook. We are the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, I've never heard it called got, the Facebook. We've got a group and a page, so like us or join us. Uh, we post pretty awesome stuff there sometimes. And as always, if you are Mara Murray, please, God, if you are Mara Murray. Or if you're Mara Murray's murderer. No. Please no, 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 no. I, I want to hear from know. that person. I, I want to hear from not. Mara. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather hear from Mara. Would but... you send us an email? That email address is... As always, thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to stop invading your ear holes. <laughs> okay, another mystery solved. Ah, let's go have a beer. No. I, th- I actually think I might need a drink after this. I definitely need like five. Mm. All right, can we get on out of here? Yeah. All right, thank you, everybody. So uh, long, everybody. I now yeah. need to go. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.